Good morning, church. I want to begin with an update from Pastor Jack, who after 48 hours of delay and has changed their whole schedule, they were able to get into Syria very, very early this morning. And Neil and I, very, uh, without consulting, put on our Syria stoles that um, Helen Baca made for all of us. So we're keeping them in mind. But um, they are there. They probably have already had a service to dedicate the um, center, the, re the retreat center at Amor al-Hassan. It's a place of spiritual healing and refuge for the Christians all over Syria who have spent 10 years in a country at war. So we really want to keep them in our prayers. And this evening, um, so it's probably, it's probably starting or in the midst of a worship service right now where we hope they are recording the sermon by Pastor Jack that you will be seeing next week. Uh, more about that later. But Jack sends his greetings and Jack says this, relish the privilege of worship. Therefore, brothers and sisters, let us be called to worship. The earth is the Lord and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Let us worship the Lord.
We are in the presence of the living and loving God, the one who loves us in Jesus Christ, and therefore we can come before his presence to confess our brokenness, to name the ways in which we need God's heart and forgiving love in Jesus Christ. In one voice, let us confess together. Everlasting God, whose timeless grace unites us, forgive the ways we have sinned against our ancestors. We fail to follow their example and heed their wisdom. Free us from the legacy of their sins. Forgive the ways we have sinned against our descendants. Our greed has threatened their well-being, and our hatred has damaged their peace. Free us to be your worthy servants in this hour. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let it be heard, let it be proclaimed, let it be believed and trusted that in Jesus Christ from age to age, God's love has been spread out and given to us and to all of God's people. In his life, death, and resurrection, God has set us free from death itself and all that would frustrate God's love for us in Jesus Christ. To that we say, Alleluia and Amen. May the peace of Jesus Christ be with you. God has given us peace with him and with one another. Therefore, let us share signs of God's love and peace with each other. I invite you to turn to your neighbor to do so. Those of you online, I, I invite you to do so as well with those who are with you, not only this day, but every day. The world needs God's love and peace. Amen. We're halfway there. We're only halfway there. On Tuesday at 6 o'clock, we have a congregational meeting to elect the officers of our church. That is a very, very, very important congregational meeting that we have. And we have about 50 people signed up. We need 50 more. Now, I know that you just pour over the news and note and the e-blast because I've talked to two people who are very close to me. And one has it going to junk automatically and the other one just ignores it. So don't do that. The way to click and get registered is to go back to those, or if after the service you will go outside, Mark Richter, who's, who's helping us put this together, will take your name and your email and will send it to you directly so that you can register. It's really important. We cannot elect our officers without a quorum. And we're, as I say, we need 50 more, okay? I want to make note, in the back of your bulletin, you're going to see a very beautifully written um, tribute from Sherry Gentry and her mother for their husbands. The flowers today are given in memory of, in loving memory of their husbands, and so we want you to just appreciate not only these flowers, but the words that are on the back of the bulletin. And thank you, Sherry, to you and your mother for providing those today in memory of your husbands. We are in the midst of Together in Hope. That is our stewardship time, and we want you to please get your pledge cards back in. Our church has a ministry, and it needs your help to continue to be a part of this community and the world for Christ. So if you haven't done that yet, please do that. Also remember your offerings at the back of these little baskets that are out right in the center as you're leaving or on the side, and we really want to encourage you to give your offering. If you're not here today and you want to give it, just send it to the church at their P.O. box and it will be received and we're grateful. Journey Through Grief, which is a support group helping us move through those stages of grief that so affect us. It is from a Christian perspective, it is one of hope, but one of honesty and one of care. So I encourage you 
Um, if you would like to attend this, it will continue through, uh, through November the 17th, and the information of the person to contact is um, it's also information on their website. Next Sunday, we have uh, a very special thing happening, and that is with our children. They have a big party, and it's called um, Trick or Trunk, and we're going to have a bunch of cars out there with their um, hoods, not their hoods, their trunks open. There you go. Hello. Their <laughs> I'm not nervous. Okay, I'm not nervous. Okay. Their trunks open and filled with candy, so I'm really hoping that the kids will not take all the candy, and I can kind of like just saunter over there and get some myself. Uh, but that is a very, very fun thing. If you want to help with this, we could use your help. Just contact Allison or Michelle, our two directors of children's ministry. And then also next week, um, we'll be in here for the service, but if you come to the 9 o'clock, go to the Fellowship Center. At both the services, we're going to watch the recording of the sermon that Jack is hopefully recording as we speak. And um, he's recording it now. It will be sent to us, and that will be part of our worship, so we will really be able to connect with Jack and in the setting of Syria. The last thing is stay here after church today because Neil is going to share about his 460 mile trip with he and his son. He promises to not do day by day, would be here forever, but he's just gonna highlight it for us. Very exciting, uh, just a wonderful trip and a great, a spiritual journey and, and I'm excited to have us here and so you'll be right here, straight away, right after the service. Let us continue now in worship.
Christ in the unity of the Holy Spirit, in praising you and in praying to you. Grant to us your peace that surpasses all understanding. Keep our hearts and minds grounded and anchored in the knowledge of you, that we would live each day with thanksgiving, joy, and love, trusting that you accompany us on life's journey. In your mercies, Lord, hear our prayers as we pray for members of our congregation that are in special need. You know who they are and what those needs are. We pray that you would show yourself sufficient, and when you do, turn our hearts to give you thanks. Help us to be quick to give you praise and thanksgiving for your goodness and your kindness in answering our prayers. We pray for those among us who are sick or who have friends and family who are sick. Show tenderness to them and remind them of the promises that we have in Christ. We pray, Lord, for health and strength and even faith and trust in you. Comfort those who mourn loved ones who have died in their physical bodies and who find their rest in you. We pray for all those in positions of authority, leaders of nations. Remind them that all power and authority comes from you. Grant wisdom and humility that they would govern for the benefit of the common good. We pray for churches here and around the world who offer a vital witness of the gospel. We lift up our siblings in Syria and in Lebanon, for Pastor Jack and the Outreach Foundation team as they itinerate in Syria, offering fellowship, solidarity, and encouragement to your churches who face daily challenges but who are strengthened with the faith, hope, and love you provide. In this, your congregation empower us, Holy Spirit, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ in our worship, in our teaching, in our mission service, in our fellowship, in all that we say and do. Gird us with your truth and love, that we would do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with you. Use your servant, Pastor Jan, to share your word with confidence and with courage, empowering her and convicting us in a way that only you can. We ask that you would do that even today through every part of this worship service. In the name of the one who is Jesus the Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we prepare to hear the word of God, will you please join me in prayer? Almighty, gracious God, we turn to your scriptures, and as we begin to read, we ask that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see the word to your glory, Lord. Help us to understand in these passages death, and life so that whether we are here on earth or in your presence in the kingdom triumphant, we may be assured of your love for us through your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, 
Amen. As we turn to scripture, the first reading today will be from Isaiah chapter 25. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-matured vines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-matured vines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. And now would you please stand with me for the reading of the Gospels. This is the Gospel according to John. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, come, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man keep this man from dying? Then Jesus again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the word of the Lord.
Amen. There's a contemporary song, and it goes something like this. Remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, O God. Your grace is enough for me. I think not only do we know that God remembers us, but we do remember those who have gone before us. Remember those saints. The first time I truly became aware and engaged in the idea of honoring the saints who have preceded us into the kingdom was about 2008. Okay, I admit, I'm a late bloomer. Everybody else got this much earlier than I did. But I had gone with Plant With Purpose down to Oaxaca. And in Oaxaca during um, the month of October, especially near the end, they have what they call Dia de los Muertes. And it's more than a week, it's probably a couple of weeks. And they take time to remember those saints that have gone before them. The cathedral by the Zocala there is absolutely covered with beautiful flowers. And you see festivities all over. It is both a time of, of spending time, really, they go to gravesides, but it's also a time of remembering, of never wanting to forget. In um, the song that was based on the movie Coco, Remember Me, in 2018, it won the Academy Award for the best song that year. And the lyrics are like this. Though I have to say goodbye, remember me. Don't let it make you cry forever if I'm far away. I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song for you. Each night we are apart, remember me. It is a great gift to remember the saints that have gone before us. But in order to understand the blessing of a God who remembers us and the way in which we remember the other with a promise of more than just the great by and by of the kingdom, we have to turn and look at death. The story that we saw today is about death and life. It's how we understand what Christ has done for us. And what I want to do just for a few minutes is unpack the uh, gospel according to John in the 11th chapter because we get into it in about 32nd verse, but a lot has gone on before. So indulge me for a few minutes. It will all make sense and will all help us to understand what is so unique about what Jesus does, what he does in this narrative and what he does for us. So it begins by talking about Lazarus, who is from Bethany, that's just on the other side of Jerusalem, just a couple of miles away, and he's very, very ill. Now, in the preceding chapter, Jesus had gone with his disciples away from Jerusalem because they were not happy with what he was doing. He was preaching the kingdom uh, triumphant. He was preaching the kingdom of God coming. He was healing people. He was touching lives. He was doing things. And those in leadership, especially the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders, were not happy. They were ready to stone him, so Jesus removed himself from Jerusalem. But Mary and Martha, who are identified as the sisters of Lazarus, sends a messenger to Jesus and says, The one whom you love is ill. How could you refuse that? Come. Come, Jesus. We need you to come. Our brother is ill. 
Now, Jesus takes a couple of days. He doesn't move towards Bethany on the other side of Jerusalem. He just hangs out for a couple of more days. And you have to begin to wonder, well, why are you doing that, Jesus? I mean, why, why, aren't, you, why aren't you already uh, coming at, to, to take care of Lazarus? They, they've told you he's ill. They, they told you that he's in need. And um, Jesus waits. And then he finally says to his disciples after a couple of days, let's go to Judea. Now, Thomas is among them, and he's one of the major characters here. And he's thinking, okay, let me get this straight because I, I want you to understand Jesus. Remember, we moved away from Jerusalem and Bethany, who's right by Jerusalem, because our lives are a threat. They're coming after us. And Jesus said, well, you know, Lazarus is asleep, and we're going there. And so they thought, okay, well, he's asleep, and Jesus is going to heal him. So, wow, dude, do we really have to go? And then Jesus said, let me make this clear. He's dead. And so Thomas is really thinking, are we now going to be martyrs with Jesus? I, I guess so, because Lazarus is dead. There is no expectation in the scripture at this time that Jesus is going to raise him from the dead. They wanted him to heal him. That's too late. So you're, maybe Jesus is coming to comfort him. Okay. Thomas said, well, let's go with Jesus. If it's to our death, it's to our death. And so they travel, and before Jesus comes into the Mary and Martha's home, Martha comes out to meet him. Now, Martha, if you remember, in Luke is the one who's busy, 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 and Mary, the spiritual giant, is at the feet of Jesus, you know, and, and Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you worry about so much. But Mary's chosen the better portion. So we all kind of discount Martha and like Martha's just a worker bee and she doesn't get the spiritual side. Martha is a theologian now. She comes, she greets Jesus and she said, he's dead and he's been dead four days. But if you had been here, you could have healed him. And she begins a dialogue with Jesus and Jesus tells her, do you believe and she said, yes, Lord, I believe at the end, at the end of the age, at the resurrection, we will all be raised. But Jesus said to her, I am, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will not perish. And even if they die, they will live. And then she makes this proclamation. I do believe that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to her, he wanted to see Mary. So they send for Mary and Mary now comes out and she's with folks and she sees Jesus and in both angst, but also in a sense of resurrection, she rises up from where she was weeping and she comes out to see Jesus, falls at his feet. And again, if you were only here, Lord Jesus. I want to stop just for a second. Again, Del Brunner put it in wonderful words. No one has an expectation that Jesus was coming to raise Lazarus from the dead. Their expectation was that you would come straight away and you would raise him up from his illness. They didn't say, as Brunner has put here, Lord, come and conquer. 
I cannot bring myself to blame them, Bruno writes. Death for them, as for most of us, really does seem final, the end, something that can only be observed, not altered, until we really see what's going on in this chapter we will be stuck there. Now, many of us have heard and, and read about the five stages of grief. They've added a couple here and there, on and off. But the five stages of grief that most of us are familiar with are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and finally, acceptance. Now, if you've experienced death, you realize that they're kind of cyclical and they oftentimes come out of order um, the, the denial is like, I, I think you're mistaken, you've called the wrong number. Um, no, really, are they just sleeping? How many of us have awakened, have awakened in the morning thinking the person whom we have just lost is still there and set up in an expectation to see them? That is both a grieving, a, a desire, but it's also beyond us. We can't believe it. In this text, you see all these little stages. You see both Martha and Mary, like kind of in denial, if you'd only been here, kind of bargaining. If you'd only come, you could have healed them. If you had done it right, could you not have come earlier? They see the, the great grief, and Martha's sad. Mary is depressed. It's part of the loss that we feel with those whom we love dearly. Now we turn and we look as Jesus speaks to her. And we think about our own trying to bargain with God. If you just did this, I'll do this. Can we just have this happen and things will be okay? But Jesus comes and he sees Mary and he sees the people who are with her and Martha and he gets deeply troubled and the words that's used, deeply grieved, is more of anger, more of frustration. And yet at the same time, he looks at her sorrow and Jesus begins to weep. He sobs. He's wailing along with him, but it's not like the hired hands that they have for mourners. This is a true grief a true association with those, a true compassion that God has for us. I think about people who don't understand I'm the resurrection and the life and get caught, and we can do that so easily. I think about the other side of that where Christians go, oh, well, you know, the person's in heaven and we shouldn't we shouldn't grieve. I'm like, I'm not worried about the person in heaven. I just don't know if I want to continue to the next day because I'm sad and I'm hurt. Jesus doesn't say, snap out of it, I'm going to fix this. Jesus weeps. Jesus weeps and he's so overwhelmed. He has that, that part of grief that is the anger at the injustice of how death has a grip on us because death was not part of creation. Death was not intended. Death is an evil and it traps us and Jesus has come to free us from that death. Could he not have kept Lazarus from dying? 
Jesus speaks in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the brokenhearted, for they are persons who will be comforted. Blessed are all who weep now, for you will laugh. Weep with those who weep. That's exactly what Jesus does. He's moved deeply. He understands that death shouldn't be here. It's not the way God intended. And then he calls out. He wants it no longer to to hold us captive. So he asks, so where is he? And they're thinking once again, we're just going to go be polite, which is what you do. You visit people who have lost and you... And it's a good thing that we care for them and we stay with them and we were there. And they thought, well, he just wants to go to the graveside. So they all go out there and then Jesus says, take the stone and move it away. Now, Martha, remember, she's the one that said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. She's like, whoa, whoa, wait. He's been dead four days and there's a smell. Like, I don't think you want to do this. I think most of us have faith that goes like that. We really believe that God is going to do this. And then we we get worried. And then we think, well, he's been dead four days. I don't know. And Jesus said, Mary, remember we had this conversation. Remember, Mary, do you, do you believe? Um, the Lord has something in mind. He wants to, we want to show you the glory of God. And he said, move the stone away. And they did. And then Jesus does this prayer. It's a good prayer. We could learn from it. He addresses the Father in heaven, not with depression, bargaining, anger, denial, or even acceptance. Those are all good things in grief. But he comes to the Father with thanksgiving. He comes to the Father in confidence of faith. He does it in public. He brings witness to faith in a God that conquers death. Jesus intercedes for us. God, we're doing this so they'll know your glory. And then Jesus stands in front of the tomb and yells out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Come out of there, Lazarus. That stone has been moved. That cave no longer can contain you. And he comes out. Now I have to tell you, they would wrap you, mostly loosely around the body, but your hands and your feet would be bound. There would be a separate cloth over your face, the shroud. So just for a little humor, it, it, for him to get out, he'd probably be kind of bouncing out of the grave because he's kind of tied up. So Jesus turned to them, along with taking the stone away, will you please help this person unbind them? And take that shroud of death off their face. Jesus wants to remove for us the shroud that would keep us in that cave. Our lives and faith are not out of, this is, we do have one life, 
but it's not to be forgotten. We're not to remain in that shroud of death. For the resurrection that Jesus called Lazarus out, he calls us to new life in him. We know that Jesus is for us and intercedes for us. Let us come to the Father with thanksgiving and let him know we need him. When people who have preceded us are remembered, I pray it's in the context of being resurrected people. I pray it's because we have hope beyond hope. Now in 2010, we opened up the sanctuary. We all came pouring in. It was long before mass or distance or any of those things. How many of you were here in 2010? They opened. It was fun. There were like 1,100, 1,200 people. We just packed them in. Nobody wanted to go to the chapel. Nobody wanted to go to Fellowship Center. They all came in. We all packed up. It was a wonderful, wonderful service. And then afterwards, Rick and I hosted a family very close to us who are um, from Great Britain, and their um, child, one of their children, and friends had come over for lunch that day. Now, if you remember Easter Sunday in 2010, there was an earthquake in the afternoon. Well, these good Welsh people were ready to pack up and go home. Just scared the heck out of them. But our son Richard called and I answered the phone. He goes, hey, oh, mom. And he said, did you feel the earthquake? And I went, yeah, yeah, Richard, I felt the earthquake. He goes, you know, in scripture, when Jesus was resurrected, there was an earthquake and it's Easter Sunday. What a cool thing. That's a saint to remember. How we remember people and their influence on our lives as people who believe in the resurrection is what gives us faith, hope, comfort. We're coming home in a week. We are on this journey we're going to remember those saints. Hopefully we remember them every day and every call. The acceptance of death is that it is not the final word. For Christ has overcome death. We know and proclaim that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Now someday you and I will be called to that great kingdom triumphant. And when we arrive, we'll see Jesus face to face. And I believe standing next to Jesus will be all the saints, the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us, that lead us, that care for us, that love us. Because I serve a risen savior I remember with love and affection those who have gone before me, and I give thanks to God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jen. Let us respond to the word proclaimed by the affirmation of faith through the sacred words of Hebrews chapter 12.
in one voice and one heart. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Please stand with me for the benediction. This is my charge to you today as you go out. Let us help one another by removing the stone that keeps us in death. Let us unwrap the shroud and the bindings so that together as we remember the saints, remember that they have faithfully served our Lord. Let us do the same until he comes again. May God bless you as you go. Amen. <laughs>